is going on out there, everyone? And welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. And I'm your host, Greg. While all the sports are transpiring, it is a good time to be a sports fan. Let me tell you, this past weekend, I mean, you had NBA playoffs, the NFL coming back, hockey playoffs, tennis, college football. We went from, we need something because we're out here starving to I'm full and there's still more to go. But I mean, um, when you talk about college football that transpired over the weekend, not all of the conferences being able to play, some of the games that you saw, you really didn't get like that big, juicy, marquee matchup. I know last season I did a lot of game of the week or what I felt were must-watch games if you had the time in the afternoon. And it's going to be tough for me this year. I'm going to try and eke them out when I can. It's just with not everybody playing, there's just not – there's there's a lack of good teams. I mean, there's there, you got – you know, after your top 15 teams – you really start reaching, and those top 15 teams have to scramble to make schedule changes at the last second due to so many teams willing or unwilling to participate throughout the pandemic. And um, my big thing is, can we get through an entire season? Because now you're starting to hear teams postponing next week, this upcoming weekend's games due to a rise in coronavirus or, or COVID-19 on their campus. You have the ACC saying things along the lines of if they can't have an eight-team schedule regarding the ACC, they might have to forfeit the season or postpone or cancel the season. So, I mean, it just all of this just makes you feel like the cusp of right before the pandemic transpired or began where you just start hearing little rumblings and all of a sudden, boom, 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 bam, we're shutting it all down. And I think that's what might happen in college football. Who even knows if that might happen in the NFL? But um, when you look at the NFL, you did, for the first overall weekend, I was watching football, and I just wanted to see a couple of things. With no preseason football, was the play going to be sloppy? Because I know when you are playing preseason games, you're really not going deep into the playbook. You're just really running some basic plays just for you to get your timing, your rhythm, your footwork, your technique right. You're not really looking at strategy and, and, and speed of the game yet. So I was really looking for, are these guys going to be sloppy or is it going to be a, a well-played game? I thought overall, some teams played very good and, and some teams, that in, the good teams, I think overall played better. But one thing that I did notice is teams that you felt like were championship worthy, Teams that you felt like, okay, this is supposed to be a good team, they play better. Where teams that are still trying to figure it out or rebuilding, those are the teams that more so didn't play good. I mean, across the league, when you look at some of these scores and you're seeing what transpired in some of these games, you're like, wow. Like, take, for example, um, the Browns and the Ravens. In Baltimore, with Lamar Jackson, you figure, all right, this is going to be a good game. It wouldn't be shocking if the Ravens beat the Browns off of the season that Lamar Jackson had and only getting better from that. But you figured the Browns, with all those weapons last year and having such a disappointing season, they would have came out and, and showed out. But with a 38-6 loss, I mean, it just makes you feel like the Ravens picked up right where they ended off last year. And unfortunately, as did the Browns. I mean, when you look at the Browns, they got all those weapons. I mean, unfortunately, the tight end got injured and is out for a couple of weeks. But you got Landry, Beckham, 
uh, you got the, the quarterback, the run. You got so many weapons on both sides of the ball. After a while, you got to start wondering: Is it really the coaching? Because you know, for so many, for so long, it was like the Browns can't get it right, but they never had a roster this talented. Now they have a really talented roster, and but it's only week one. But there is a world of difference between zero and one and zero and two. There is an even bigger difference in the season when you are one and one as opposed to 0 and 2. Because I as a Giant fan, 0 and 2 turns to 0 and 6 in the blink of an eye. When you look at other games that took place um this weekend, another game that stood out to me was the Jaguars against the Colts. Now, Phillip Rivers going to the Colts, Colts kind of shoring up that defense, adding a couple pieces. And the Jaguars, I mean, yeah, they lost Fournette, but with Gardner Minshew there and him taking over that leading role were with, with, with Minshew Mania, I felt that the Colts coming into this game, Rivers would kind of use his veteran savviness and get the job done, but it didn't happen. It was a good game, but I personally was just a little surprised to see the Jaguars pull out the 27-20 victory. That was a little eye-opening to me. Another one that was eye-opening was the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. Now, early on, it was like, I think the Eagles jumped out to like a 14-zip lead. You were just like, typical. Eagles, you know, they're just going to show up and show out and, and, and show up and blow up. And the football team of Washington, before you knew it, it was like, wait a minute, is that an accurate score? And they were able to hold on and win this game. And I know in the game, the Eagles, they suffered some injuries on their defensive line. And when I was watching the quarterback, you know, I'm looking at uh, the quarterback. And he didn't look, I don't want to say he played bad. He just looked rusty. Missing guys that are wide open. Routes where it's like, maybe I just haven't had preseason or played against live bullets so I could get my timing down. And unfortunately, I just think the Eagles' loss came at a time when it was, um, the quarterback was just rusty. Where the football team the coach dealing with the medical issue that he's dealing with, I think played very inspired for him, and they could probably ride that inspiration moving forward in, into the rest of their season. But for me, um, the biggest upset of the day um, was in San Francisco. Before, I felt that, and it's only well, it's only one game, like I said. 0-1 is not the end of the world, but there's a world of difference between 0-1 0-2, and 1-1. And so, when I looked at this game with the 49ers, um, to me, I thought that they would just pick up where they left off. I know they lost some pieces, but that defense is still legit. And that defensive line, they lost the player, but it's that defense as a unit is still so solid. And this was a game where you began to wonder, with this Offense that they're bringing in, Lincoln Riley, he's bringing in this 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 air raid offense where from anywhere everywhere on the field, dudes just supposed to be wide open, making these 50, 60, 30, this this crazy routes, uh, a style of offense that the NFL really hasn't seen probably since the Chip Kelly days, right? And we all know what happened with the Eagles with Chip Kelly there. So, as I'm watching, I'm watching the highlights trying to get, you know, when they're going to give you the updates. And 
for me, a big part of the Cardinals and that offense was going to be the jump that Kyler Murray made from his rookie to his sophomore year. Because now you understand the speed. You understand how teams are going to attack you, how you're going to want to attack them, how the game is officiated. You're playing teams a second time, so you kind of get an idea on what teams are trying to do to you. And now that they got DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and they got a couple backs in that stable, and they, they had a defense that was solid, but, you know, they had no offense. So after a while, guys would just get tired and, uh, uh, let's say a touchdown lead turns into a 10-point loss for the Cardinals. But now, you got Kyler Murray. This dude rushed for 100 yards. I mean, he's the type of quarterback now where when you see him play, he almost reminds you of a short, not stocky version of Cam Newton. Because Cam, when he's playing, <coughs> and he had a good game for himself playing against um, the Miami Dolphins, but when Cam has the ball and he's under center, you sit there and think to yourself, it's third and one. Is he going to pass it or is he going to run it? And let's say it's third and five. If you have the perfect defense out, but you don't account for Cam, he could turn third and five into a 20-yard scamper for a first down. And in saying that, now you start to feel that same kind of feeling with Murray. I mean, with the touch, his arm, the way he sits there and, and, and can read the field and actually just run. He, like I said, he passed for a couple touchdowns, had um, 100 yards rushing for your first game out in San Francisco. Incredible. I don't want to say incredible. Impressive is more the word that I had. So let's talk about, unfortunately, the two locals. Let's talk about the Jets. Now, um, when I talk about when I talk about the Jets, I understand I'm not the guy that is a Jet fan. You know that I bleed big blue, but I'm gonna say this: when I saw the Jets come out yesterday, they just looked like out of a lot of teams in the NFL. I really didn't get to watch in detail a lot of um, games from other teams as opposed to the Jets and. It looked sloppy, but sloppy in the sense of guys didn't know what they were doing or not prepared, or it's like we're doing this for the first time, you know? I mean, Sam Donald just made some decisions where I'm sure he'd be willing to take back. He made some moves where I'm sure he would say, you know what, when I'm in this situation again, that's what I'm not going to do, you know? I mean, they had, they, they, they had, I think at one point, they had more three, they had more plays than yards at one point. That's how bad they were struggling on defense. And look, the Bills are a good team. They're solid. But I mean, it just didn't look like these guys, and they're professionals, so it's just the lack of preseason for me showed more evidently with the Jets as opposed to the Giants, where when you saw the Giants, they were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. My thought, and I just, I texted all my peoples before the game, and I said, look, Giants, just don't embarrass us, and look organized. Like, look like, at least, there's a difference between getting beat by a better team and you don't know what the hell you're doing, and the other team isn't beating you, they're beating your ass. 
And I was like, yo, we experienced a lot of that over the past couple of years being a Giant fan. And I was like, I hope that doesn't happen tonight. And overall, overall, the Giants looked organized. Wherever the ball was, there were two guys, three guys there the, every time. There was a guy that caught the ball in the, in the open field. There weren't a lot of missed tackles, and there weren't a lot of, I'm, I'm going to run over this guy, juke another guy, stiff arm this guy, and a simple play turns into a 30-yard run. You didn't get any of that. You had pass pressure from the defensive line. You were like, whoa, boy, wait, what, what's going on right now? You saw you, you, you saw baby snacks in there, Marcus Golden, Lorenzo Carter, all of them making money. And I'll tell you this much, Blake Martinez is a, he's not a dynamic linebacker. He may not be the best linebacker in the league, but I'll tell you this much, wherever that ball was yesterday, 54 was in the vicinity. He was in the screen. It could be a pass play, a run play, whatever. It was like 54, Blake Martinez was there. And that bodes good only because in the past, you we just had players that weren't there, were getting blocked, just not able to keep up with the play. It felt like, wow, man. It was, as a Giants fan, it felt like we're organized. We know what we're doing. Okay, fine, we're losing. Okay, fine. It doesn't look like we're going to win this game. But you left the game feeling like the Giants know what they're doing. They just didn't get the job done. Offensively, I mean, look. um, Saquon Barkley had like 15 carries for six yards. At one point, every time they were rushing, they would put up a stat like nine rushes Negative two yards, negative point nine yards of rush. I mean, it was bad, man. It was literally at the point where they knew. It felt like they knew what the play was, and they were like, first one that gets to Saquon's buy isn't gonna have to buy dinner tonight." It just felt like he was getting tackled in the backfield to the point where you hope a fumble wouldn't happen with the exchange because that's how deep guys were just like unblocked. And to me. I don't want to hear the offensive line is uh, uh, um, in shambles. It's a this, it's a that. Look, man, you still have Zietler. You still have Hernandez. I know we had a rookie at left tackle, and you have a a new starter at center and right tackle. When are we going to stop saying offensive line is our weakness? It is our weakness, but we need to learn how to get around it. There were some guys that were coming in straight up unblocked on a blitz. Like, we were there, we're playing flag, where it's just like, I can't really hit you, so I'm just going to pat you on the way to the quarterback. I mean, you know, Danny Dent Jones, he, he was able to survive. He made some good plays, had a beautiful catch to Slayton. And I'll tell you this much, Slay him, Slayton, I mean, slowly but surely, he's trying to, he, he's making people forget about us trading away Beckham. Granted, he's Beckham is way more talented than Slayton, but Slayton has been productive. Two touchdowns yesterday, he's been productive. I know one came in garbage time, but in the first one came and it took the lead. When we took the lead 10-6, I was like, wow, we actually have the lead in the first half? We're being competitive? I like this. I like the way this feels. And then, you know, there were a couple things that the Steelers did that we just had no um, adjustment for, and it is what it is. But we just need to work on this this, this run game. 
I thought the pass game was it was good because I felt like Daniel Jones knew where he wanted to go. The guys were there and the pickups were third and twelves, things of that nature. It wasn't him holding the ball forever and waiting for somebody to break free 20, 30 yards down the field and then him ha- getting a sack. You know? I will say the, the the player that offensively surprised me, I would say, is, um, like I said, Slayton Slayton. And the offensive player that disappointed me was Evan Ingram. Because when you talk about Evan Ingram and when he flashes, his flashes are so bright. I mean, he had, what, like that 70-yard touchdown last year in um, Tampa Bay. I mean, his height, athleticism, he's just the prototypical new-age tight end. But the problem is, is the consistency. He'll flash on one play and then will just be nothing for a game or two. And let's not forget, sometimes we have to worry about him being injury-prone. Because it's at the point now where everybody's saying how nice and this and that he is. I want to see the production. I don't want to see him flash. I want to see him be lit, stay lit, and play lit. That's what I want. I'm just saying. Consistency is the biggest part of this game. Because now look at that defense. There was no one person that disappointed me. Maybe in the fourth quarter as a whole, the defense let me down because on big drives, they just didn't get stops. But then I felt like, look, as a whole, too, that offense, that defense for the first two and a half, I would say three quarters, was giving Ben Roethlisberger and that Steelers offense problems. I was happy about that. So, I mean, you know, both teams lost. And like I said, 0-1 turns into 0-6 real quick in New York. You know how you know it's going to be a long season? And granted, Thankfully, baseball is still on the same schedule as they are and have always been on. You know it's going to be a long football season when before the, I don't want to say before the playoffs, by the time the World Series starts, your season is over. Because the World Series starts usually around mid-October. If you're telling me mid late October, if you're telling me by the end of October, I'm talking about not like you're not in it or you got to have things happen for you to make it. I'm talking about like done. You could take that chicken off of the grill, the steak cooked. You could put it on the plate. Let's put some seasoning in it. It's cooked and done. That's how we are, man. I don't want it to be like that no more. I want it to be a situation where I want to be playing football in November like we still have or we're playing, or we're trying to play something, and we're still there. And look, as a Giant fan, let's keep it real. What do you expect for wins and losses this year? Four to six. That's what I'm saying, four to six. I'm not saying we're making the playoffs. I'm not saying we're doing it. It was four to six wins, and let's just keep the ass whoopings at a minimum. That's all. Doesn't it sound so defeated when you say that? But as a Giant fan, you know what it's like, people. People talk junk about the Giants and we can't hang on to those Super Bowls. Eli ain't around no more. So it's like you just sit there and smile and say, you right. Are you done? Because there's nothing you can say. Now let's talk about um, the NBA playoffs. We got some, uh, you really got some dynamic series potentially that could take place and going on in the East. In the East, you have the Heat and the Celtics. 
for two teams that maybe a lot of people felt wouldn't make it to this point. This is an excellent matchup for me. Because these are two teams that play similar styles. I know they say styles make fights, but these are two teams that want to do the same thing, can do the same thing. It's all about who can get the stop when it needs to get got. And like I always say, in the fourth quarter, three minutes to go, it's 94-90. Who could get me a bucket? And both these teams have guys that could get a bucket. So uh, with Boston, I mean, you got Kemba, you got Tatum, and you got Brown. That's their big three. Now, when you look at the Heat, you look at Bam, you look at Butler. I don't know who that third guy is. Is it Duncan Robinson? Is it Jay Crowder? I don't know. Because I know for um, the Celtics, they are the team where they have a lot of ingredients. They have experience. They have depth. They have tough guys. They have veterans. I mean, as young as Jason Tatum is, this guy was 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 one game away, a game seven away from making it to the NBA Finals a couple years ago. And when he came into the league, it went from being thrown into the starting role because of Gordon Hayward's injury to now Gordon Hayward might have lost his job. But my thing is, is that they have all that. They play current NBA basketball. Excellent wing players. Everybody could They could have five guys out there that could shoot the three. Athleticism could finish around the rim. Rebounding. Everybody plays smart. Move the ball around. But you know what? That's the same exact way the Heat play. They just don't have the firepower. And I don't want to say they don't have the ability to keep up with the Celtics. Because... The, the Toronto Raptors coming into that series, they had some, so they had some play. I don't want to say the Toronto Raptors. Why am I saying that? The Milwaukee Bucks, everybody was saying that was a team that could make the NBA Finals. 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 And they were exposed. But the Heat, to me, they're going to need, who's going to be that guy or a group? Can it be the bench as a whole that could provide scoring to keep up with the Celtics? Or is it going to be Jay Crowder? Or is it going to be the, uh, I was really a Spurs fan, Duncan Robinson? Or is it going to be the rookie, Tyler, the All-American hero? It's going to be interesting because it's like, you need to be able to score and keep up with the Celtics. Because if you can't, it's, it's going to look real ugly real early. But I think it's going to be an excellent series, and I'm fascinated to see defensively how they match up, offensively how they match up, individually how they match up. Excited for this series. Who do I have one in this series? I'll tell you after game one. No, I'm only playing. Um, in this series, I think it's going to go six games. Celtics win. They're going to make it to the NBA Finals. Now, in the West, Clippers still got work to do. The Denver New Jays, they're trying to shock the world. Because when you look at the Clippers, you look at that roster top to bottom. They have everything. They got everything times two. Two houses, two cars, two kids, two dogs. One wife, that's the only thing. <laughs> but I'm just saying, they got so much depth on the team. It almost feels like that's why Doc Rivers is always sitting down chilling. Talking about, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Oh, he, he's in, oh, he got... 3,000 in the second quarter, put in his backup. We good. 
But I'm just saying, it just feels like the Denver Nuggets, it could be part youth and part inexperience to where they don't know how big of a stage they is and they're just going out and just doing what they do. But they have just been able to consistently hit. I'm talking like big shots throughout these playoffs. Right? I mean, it feels like every series that they've played, they went seven games with Utah. They're about to go seven games with the with um the Clips. They have an it factor right now, man. I mean, yeah, there's Murray. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's uh, Joker. But, I mean, you know, you got Michael Porter Jr. stepping up. I mean, for me, with, 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 with Millisap and Porter, both on that wing, it, 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 all of a sudden, you're like, there's a lot of interesting things that they provide in terms of challenges. And it's been a pleasant surprise this season with Michael Porter Jr. Because, I mean, with him being out, and not knowing what he could bring, and him not only bringing it, but consistently bringing it the entire season, that's been such a pleasant surprise. And now all of a sudden, the Nuggets, they got like, not a couple, it's not just Murray, and it's not Millisap or Joker. Now you got Michael Porter Jr. you got to worry about. Gary Harris can knock down three, two. They got some guys on that team, man. But tonight, when I see these two teams play, I think... um, I'm going to go with the experience of the Clippers. I'm not saying the moment will be too big for the Denver Nuggets, but I think the championship pedigree of Kawhi, I think the veterans on that team that know how to get themselves ready, know what the goal is, and know how to be ready to get past this speed bump on the way to their goal. I think Kawhi is going to show up, show out, and he's going to lead, it's going to be a tight one, but lead the team to victory. And oh, baby, we're going to have what we've been waiting for. We're going to have that series where all you're going to sit there and, and, and say, L-A, L-A, big city of dreams. You could have the L- Los Angeles Lakers against the Los Angeles Clippers. All the all, all, all the Lakers gonna get a fade and get by the Clippers. Are they gonna are they gonna get are they gonna hit up the barbershop and get a, get a, get a nice little shape up from the Clippers, or is the Lake Show? Are the Lakers just gonna drown the Clippers? I mean, we could talk about that, and that series is really gonna be good, fun, and interesting. If the Clips can actually pull it out, there's so much to talk about, so much to dig into, so many matchups, star power, everything. There's a lot going on in that series. But the thing is, for me, just real quick, the Lakers getting all this rest, being the older veteran team that they are, is going to help them tremendously. Because the Clippers, you can't lie, they might come into the game one against the Lakers just might be a little woozy. Like, yo, we just had a knockdown, drag out bout with these dudes. We're here, you guys are with your light legs because you've been getting massages for the past couple of days. And another thing, too, this is game seven. A, it's the best word in sports. But B, all hands on deck. And you do what you got to do by any means necessary to win this game. So in saying that, the Lakers are now going to have an opportunity to see plays, execution, style of play out of the Clippers that maybe the Clippers are trying to hold off and not show a card or play or a specific tactic. But that will need to be used tonight. For the Clippers to come out victorious. 
And as far as the Clippers, like I said, are they going to be ready for the Western Conference Finals? Because, you know, you might want to... What about the preparation? What about just the rest? But those are stuff that we could talk about after. But thank you, everyone, once again, for listening to me just espouse and do what I like to do. Just talk about sports when nobody wants to talk with me. So as a positive quote, never put the key to your happiness in somebody else's pocket. Never put the key to your happiness in somebody else's pocket. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.